A bio lab has been overtaken in Sudan, and Peter Thiel has decided he's going to sit out in 2024. He donated $34 million just in last year's election, and this time he says no more to Republicans. He's not happy with where things are going. All this and more. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, you can go to americaoutloud.com and check out all of my colleagues' shows, their articles, great content, putting America first every single day right there on the network and helps bring my voice to you as well. Also, you can check out the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, which you can download on all of your favorite Android or iPhone devices. Wherever you'd like to listen, you just download from the App Store and you can listen to 24-7 programming from our network. An awesome, awesome time. Where are the begin? Where are the begin? Well, maybe you saw on the internets <laughs> that there's really bad news going on in Sudan. See, there's a bio lab that has now been uh, attacked, and from what I'm understanding, it's under control of those that were uh, looking to take it. The fighters have seized the bio lab at this point in time, and the WHO has released a statement saying that this is really bad news. They have polio there, uh, they have cholera, they have uh, measles, and they're calling this an extremely extremely dangerous situation. On top of that, there's also reports that perhaps the lab has already been blown up. Now, I've been trying to confirm that today. I have not been able to confirm that as of um, this recording, but I am still working on that. Now, watch what happens next. I mean, so fighters are fighting in this town. They take over a bio lab of all things. Right. I mean, there's so many different buildings here. Why are they going after the bio lab? Well, there's a huge risk here. Uh, the National Public Health Laboratory um, was seized and the scientists uh, that are looking after all those pathogens apparently cannot access the lab. So I'm not somebody who is an expert in this area, but I'm guessing that there's safety protocol that when people aren't around, keeping it locked up is very important. Making sure that certain substances are available to maintain it's very important, like a power supply. Making sure things stay frozen that are supposed to stay frozen. I'm just thinking out loud here. There's a lot that could likely go wrong. And if I've been thinking about, you know, here we have the Wuhan lab, something gets uh, released from the lab that disrupts everybody's life for three years and gets politicized. What if you have an enemy that takes over a lab that is already possibly poorly managed in the Sudan, uh, especially in the wake of the pandemic, many of these labs are poorly managed. And now it's being devastated by gun battles, being bombed, and 
Look, I, I'm not saying that I know what's going to happen, but since Britain's trying to get 4,000 people out, uh, who has access to the samples? Will stuff go missing? Uh, will this get sold on the market back channels in order to be weaponized? Um, what is not at this lab? What are they or what's at the lab that they're not telling us about? That's the other thing I'm trying to figure out. Uh, this entire situation over there, uh, there's shortages of water, shortages of food, medicine. They don't have fuel. There's power and Internet blackouts. I think only about two percent of the country actually had uh, Internet last that I checked. Uh, and now we have a biolab. This really accelerates around the world the interest in what's going on in all of these labs. What I want to know is who's funding this lab in Sudan? Is this another one of Anthony Fauci's labs? Are we going to find out that the National Public Health Laboratory took U.S. dollars? Are we going to find out that the WHO or one of these other groups was um, helping to, you know, oversee, gain-a-function type of research at this type of lab as well. I'm very concerned, and I think that you should be as well. Now, switching gears here to the upcoming election. Do you know who Peter Thiel is? If you don't know who Peter Thiel is, let me kind of give you a little bit of a background. He was a uh, German-American billionaire that was a mega donor for the Republicans. And he announced that in 2024, he refuses to donate to any Republicans, uh, not Donald Trump, not anyone running for Congress, not Senate. And the reason being is he is very angry and unhappy with the Republican Party's focus on the cultural issues. And apparently, according to his uh, people closest to him, he said that they're too concerned about abortion and restrictions on which bathrooms transgender students can use in schools instead of worrying about what's coming on as competition and innovation against China and what's going on with BRICS. And Thiel has spoken at the Republican National Convention in the past. Um, he had hoped that the party would uh, move over to economic issues. And I think it's important to note, this guy is uh, somebody who stated on that stage that he was proud to be gay. Uh, but he said, more importantly, he was proud to be American. Uh, so he doesn't pretend that he agrees with all of the Republican Party's platform, but this is major money right now. And he definitely is not in the pockets for Donald Trump. And what the, and I'm curious, what does that say for the rest of us? Are we reaching a point in time right now in America where people are fed up with Republicans? Is this the Republican Party that you grew up liking and acknowledging. And so a friend of mine, Justin, was on Facebook this morning. I was shocked that he entered a political conversation over all of this, but he put this in the words that uh, I hope he doesn't mind. I'm going to share it. I won't use his last name just in case, but if he does want credit for this, I would be happy to give him credit because I connected with a ton of this information. He says he remembers when Republicans cared about law and order. Now they want us to let anyone in power, except a Democrat, get away with fraud and corruption that's so blatant it's gross. 
Now, I would say the Democrats uh, also kind of look the other way when it comes to their own corruption. But he's still correct that Republicans really don't seem to acknowledge their own faults the way that they should. He says, I remember when Republicans believed in personal responsibility. Now they don't want criminals to have to face the consequences of their actions. They want to elevate them to public office. I remember how I was raised to do the right thing, he says, even when it wasn't popular or fun. Now, if you do the right thing or care about others, you're a rotten communist. I really don't understand. Were you lying or did you never care about doing what's right? Now, that is something that really spoke to me. I left the Republican Party shortly after 2008. I moved over to the Libertarian Party after learning and listening to Ron Paul, and I realized that my views were more libertarian-leaning than Republican, that I was more of a socially uh, liberal type of individual, a fiscal conservative, and I was also conservative in some of my value sets and morals. And so Libertarian Party spoke to me a little bit more than the Republicans. And then things kind of start going downhill for Republicans. I remember when Republicans used to talk about religious holidays uh, with a way for reflection on the country now. And now uh, that's not the case. Now we have people, I just talked about Donald Trump nicknaming every single person with a horrible nickname uh, because we can't have common sense conversations with one another. And the Republicans seem like they support this when they support people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, and these are uh, people that do not reflect the Republican Party that I grew up with in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. My friend goes on to say he remembers when Republicans wanted stickers on CDs so no kids had to face the horrors of hearing a curse word. Now, I also was raised where I could not curse in my home. It's what makes the show uh, easy to do and keep it clean most of the time. It's not that I don't curse as I've gotten older, but it just wasn't part of my lexicon as I was uh, growing up. But nowadays, uh, we have flags being flown by Republicans that say F Joe Biden. Now, look, I'm not a Joe Biden fan. But I think we could both agree that that's a great point that my friend Justin's making here, how we have changed over the times between what was socially acceptable language back in the 1990s versus what's socially acceptable now. That doesn't all of a sudden make it right. And I'm not somebody who's like an ultra uh, conservative person when it comes to language by any means. Uh, many ways back then, I still thought you should be able to listen to whatever you wanted to listen to. That stated, now that I have children, there are certain things that I do believe that I'm not going to expose them to filth uh, unless it's art. I always tell my, my daughter, look, uh, curse words in art, matter when they are artistic, when they're just used because you have nothing better to say, they're not. Um, I also uh, thought that something else that he said here, he said, my grandfathers fought against the Nazis. Now their children's generation at the very least looks the other way because they'd rather vote for people who support Nazis than let a person dress how they want. Isn't that kind of interesting? I, I, before you get angry at that statement, I, that one spoke to me too. Uh, he says, if my grandfather, who was a staunch conservative, heard someone defend the Nazis with some comment like, there's good people on both sides, I can't even imagine how disappointed, angry, and hurt he would have been. I'm glad he never got to see his kids' generation throw their arms open to the people he risked his life to go to war against. 
Now, I do know that that quote by Donald Trump was taken completely out of context by the news media and played over and over again that he'd completely disavowed. But there are people that are okay standing side by side in that case, and that's wrong. It's wrong and should be completely denounced. And so I'm reading Justin's words, and he goes on and on with so many other really great things. And while I don't consider myself a Republican, uh, I couldn't help but connect the fact that he wrote this earlier uh, in the morning, or I think it was early, yeah, he wrote early in the morning, and then Peter Thiel later in the day says, I'm not going to donate any money. That tells me there's a tide turning that everybody sees, a tide turning against the Republicans very quickly. And right now, the only person that they want to prop up many of them, is Donald Trump. Donald Trump, yesterday I told you, he says he may not participate in any debates during the primaries. This is an absolute mistake. We need debates with everybody. We need to hold people accountable. And can we go back in some way, shape, or form to the Democrat Party and the Republican Party of my parents, a party that was at least working towards the same common values for society, wanting America to be strong, wanting America to look out for one another, their neighbors? Because I don't recognize the two parties that we have now. I'm going to take a break here. I'll be back with a couple other stories that are going on right now in the world. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRx.com. Welcome back, Bold Americans, second half, twice as nice. So during the break, I decided to do a little bit of research about the biolab in the Sudan because I wanted to find out who was financing this thing. And lo and behold, Dr. Anthony Fauci is tied to the National Public Health Laboratory, which was uh, created with the who in order to strengthen the ability to uh, manage infectious specimens such as Ebola. Uh, They wanted to study after the outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo 
Ebola. So that was one of the things that's in there. Uh, malaria, measles, meningitis, cholera, HIV, and TB. And the CDC and USAID with the Global Fund put all of the money into this laboratory. Now, why does that matter? Well, that matters because if there's a person on Twitter that you can follow, Clandestine, Clandestine follows these laboratories, and there was one in the Ukraine in particular that he had his eyes on and said that a lot of what Russia was trying to do was to get to these labs, knowing that the United States was funding them, knowing that there were some of the most infectious pathogens at these uh, places. So, yeah, that, that should not make anybody feel uh any better about the top of the show and what i was trying to share all right so that is the the first part the the second part here i told you i was going to get into some other parts of uh the news and what was going on are you paying attention to the whistleblower who came forward about child trafficking from the border not just child trafficking coming through from the border but talking about multi-billion dollars <laughs> that our government knows of. This is explosive stuff today. Uh, the whistleblower came in front of Congress. Her name was Tara Lee Rodas. And she said that the United States has been a middleman in a very large trafficking operation. Some of these kids getting uh, smuggled uh, directly into child sex trafficking. The question that I have, because immediately many people, when they hear this, are going to go, well, Joe Biden, you know, this is his problem. I don't believe so. This is a problem that we've had at the border for some time. But it's definitely if, if Kamala Harris has been the vice president that was put in charge of managing the border, I will definitely say that the Biden border crisis at this point in time is definitely on him and his administration. And so uh, they had this hearing with Tara Lee. She was a witness. And uh, during uh, her time, she's talked about uh, this. I'm going to read her quote. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in their home country. They're smuggled to the U.S. border and ends when the Office of Refugee Resettlement delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals, uh, and on top of them being criminals, she also says that some are trafficking as part of the transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets that they can use for earning income, and this is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Those were her claims. If this is true, that our government is complicit I want to know where all the people will be, the Democrats, particularly like AOC, that went to the border crying as children were in what they called cages. Where are the Democrats during this story as it breaks? Where will they fall during this time? And screw that, where are the Republicans going to fall as well? This is a time where I would believe Democrats and Republicans should be able to work together and say, if our government has a hand in this and knows what's going on, much like Tara does, how do we immediately stop it? Um, the hearing went on to say that they are unsure whether or not this is intentional, but 
it can be argued, according to this hearing, that we are definitely a middleman in a multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking the profit off the lives of children. Uh, we have witness testimony that they saw children becoming captive to their sponsors and they couldn't speak English uh, and couldn't seek help uh, with what they were going through. Uh, so <laughs> the border, we've been talking about fentanyl, we've been talking about the border crisis at large. The Biden administration now, are we going to talk about sex trafficking? Are we going to talk about maybe what their entire role is in all this? I think we need to. That's very important. Uh, so that's going to be a story that I will uh, come back to probably in the next couple of days if if more starts breaking on it. Um, I don't know where that's all going to go. Uh, but that is one that I had my eyes on. That I was like, let me, let me bring that up. The other thing that was shared with me is that I guess uh, the dollar and gold usage on both as far as purchases is going up at the exact same rate now what does that mean when this happens well it's it's not really a a good thing for us because it means that people are looking to maintain their uh, economic status long term they're purchasing the gold with their dollars and converting and people are trying to get as many dollars as possible because they know that that's the best way to get gold. Uh, and as a result, uh, this falls into the milkshake theory that I spoke about probably back in October. I believe it was October, 2022. You can go back through my credit Swiss shows and the milkshake theory. It should be titled something like that, uh, but you'll be able to find it. But this basically is saying that we're going to force the entire world to have to deal with the dollar. Now, while we're forcing the entire world to have to deal with the dollar, there's going to be people like BRICS that are going to try to get everybody away from the dollar, which is what I've been talking about for the past several weeks. This trend with dollars and gold would tell me that I'm pretty spot on that things are going to move rather quickly in the next few uh, probably months, I think, with the finances in our country. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to that as well. And moving to a story about Joe Biden out of the dollar and gold. Well, there's breaking news from the New York Post that says they saw a Biden cheat sheet that shows that he has advanced knowledge of the journalist's questions. So during a press conference on Wednesday, uh, Joe Biden had a question that said, how are you, all capital letters, squaring your domestic priorities, like reshoring semiconductors manufacturing with alliance-based foreign policy? That's a question from Los Angeles Times reporter Courtney Summerarian. This is on the back of me stating that Joe Biden's unable to have a regular press conference where he can just have to speak off the cuff. And so he has this cheat sheet. He's got the photo and exactly what question is about to come in. Perhaps that's why Joe Biden does not want to participate in the debates unless they're going to pull a Hillary Clinton, give him the questions ahead of time as well. Now, this isn't the first time that we've seen this. Uh, We've seen these notes during the beginning of his entire presidency. They got passed around. We've even heard that he has little cheat sheets on where to stand. Um, 
and he has yet to want to uh, talk more about his cognitive strengths, even after questioning. But if you get a chance, check out has a reporter question answer on the New York Post. It shows Courtney Subramain in N. Uh, super main end yeah okay so what's really cool about this you can even see they gave him um, how to enunciate her name as well for question number one so he's got the cheat sheet with all the questions press conference prep says you secretary Anthony Blinken Mike Dunlin, Anita Dunn, Kareen Jean-Pierre, John Kirby, Ben LeBroyt, Bruce Reed, Megan Rooney, and Jake Sullivan. Uh, so I love the fact that they put you <laughs> in all um, capital letters. That, that goes right towards what we saw last June. You enter the Roosevelt Room, and you say hello to the participants, and you take your seat, and then you have some ice cream. Okay, I didn't actually say ice cream, but everybody knows that's his favorite. And you go to bed at 3 p.m., so that way your brain still works. <laughs> yep, but this guy's going to run for president in 2024. That should make everybody feel uh, so much better, so much better. Um, and then uh, maybe I'll end with uh, the story about Jamie Foxx. You guys, did you hear about this? Jamie Foxx had a uh, an episode about three, four weeks ago uh, on our network. Dr. Peter McCullough, he actually posted a photo where he was standing next to Jamie Foxx. Um, and news is just coming out. And it uh, looks like it's getting confirmed at this point in time from the family. Uh, but saying that he's lucky to be alive after he had a stroke and had to be revived on set. That's right. Let me repeat that. He had a stroke and had to be revived on set. He then had serious medical comp- complications. I'm going to couple that with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. Peter McCullough puts this uh, tweet out about a week and a half ago afterwards saying that Jamie and him had already talked and he was already aware. Um, I believe that is Dr. McCullough kind of pushing things over to a vaccine conversation. So I will be very uh, curious if I can maybe get Dr. McCullough onto the show to talk about that tweet and whether or not he has had any communication with Jamie Foxx, uh, with his family, regarding this uh so i will work on getting that here uh to see if he's willing to speak to that he may tell me he's not able to speak on it he's not treating them those type of things i completely get that as well uh but that is something that uh i think will be interesting to watch in the future i'm going to keep the show short today um i've had a uh, pretty crazy day as it's been and i'll be back tomorrow with another episode to wind out the week but that's some of the headlines that i'm watching that's my take on some of the things hope i gave you some perspective and tomorrow we'll do this all again rope it back around everybody all right hope i honored your time well hope i gave you something that you hadn't heard yet before or a take you hadn't heard uh that's all for today as always you can go to americaembolden.com support the show directly through my website as well as you can go onto twitter at real greg bolden where you can follow along my stories as well as ask me questions in real time my direct messages are open always happy to talk to you all hope that you have a great rest of your thursday everybody i'll be with you tomorrow you've been listening to america emboldened with greg bolden on the america out loud network be bold america 